Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another podcast about movies, the world's greatest thing on earth, next to a lot of other things like Portillo's beef sandwiches, according to my brother-in-law. My name is Matt. I am one of your two hosts, hostesses, hostess I. There we go, hostess I. And this week, for Real Film Nerds, episode number 254, we're talking about a movie that my co-host, Mysterious Mike Talent, picked. Mike, what movie are we talking about? All right, Matt, we are reviewing The Unforgivable. Um, <clears throat> do you want me to roll into the, the thing, but or, or you just want me to just give you the intro? Like, Mike, you know? how are you doing? Have you gotten COVID yet, like everyone else? No, no, no COVID here. Uh, COVID negative. Now, is that because you don't leave your closet or an Amazon delivers everything? Uh, I think it's mostly because I'm unable to find a test. So therefore I must be negative. Dude, that's a serious concern. I've never looked for a test, but are they even doing like the site testing anymore? Or is it just all the buy it at the store testing? Uh, I think it depends on where you're at. I think some places have started doing the site stuff again. I guess it just depends on what they consider a hot spot. Oh, all right. News to me. So unlike, uh, let's just move on because everyone is talking about COVID again. Uh, clearly, we already started out the podcast on the wrong fo- foot of talking about, I said feet, I almost said feet, wrong foot, talking about COVID again. So we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about movies because that's what we're here to do. So, Mike, give us the rundown for Sandra Bullock's The Unforgivable. All right, Matt. So, uh, Unforgivable was uh, released on Netflix, and it was uh, directed by Nora Fingschnitz. Uh, It's written by Peter Craig, Hilary Schnitz, Courtney Miles, and it's based on TV series Unforgivable uh, by Sally Wainwright. And this movie, like you said, is starring Sandra Bullock, Viola Davis, Vincent D'Onofrio, John Bernthal, Richard Thomas, Linda Emond. And this is a woman is released from prison after serving a sentence for a violent crime and reenters a society that refuses to forgive her past. Okay, Mike. Netflix, Sandra Bullock, pretty killer cast. What are your thoughts? Uh, I really liked it. I liked the movie. I, I didn't know what I was going to get, really. Uh, I, uh, I had the trailer from Netflix that I'd seen once. And I was like, you know, we should probably review that on the pod. And, you know, here we are. Well, all right, Mike. Very good. Very good. Uh, You know, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It was fun. I think, well, not fun. Fun is a fucking terrible word to use for this movie. But it was a good movie. How's that? Not, Not fun. It's dark and dreary and ominous. And it's a thriller one complaint I have is there's this killer cast in it of Sandra Bullock, Viola Davis, and Vincent D'Onofrio. And you hardly ever see Viola Davis or Vincent D'Onofrio. 
And when Sandra Bullock is acting, she's just kind of being dull and dreary and oh, woe is me kind of shit until like the end when it really kind of ramps up. Well, uh, that's true, man. You're right. There's a there's a killer cast that is underutilized. I was I was gonna hit on that a little bit myself. Um, maybe they just wanted to be a part of the project. Like it was a they they just really thought this was a good script and they just wanted to do what they could. I mean, even uh, John Bernthal's he's he's in a little bit, but not not a ton. But his character is kind of ancillary. So, but uh, you know. So, uh, I, I think Sandra Bullock's character was supposed to, you know, that's how she's feeling, you know, 20 years, 20 years in prison. Yeah. I'm not complaining about how that's how she's feeling and that's what she's portraying. Cause that's what she's supposed to be doing. It just kind of felt like a waste of her acting talents, but, uh, you know, is what it is. I mean, it's, it's a movie about, uh, you know, an ex-con and uh being an ex-con trying to get a job in the real world let alone an ex-con that's a cop killer i mean yeah you saw the struggles with it it was tough it was very tough oh yeah man it was it was it was tough um so uh you know this movie is really dark and and uh, starts out on a pretty like somber kind of mood and kind of gets a, a little bit more and more light and then um i don't know it it continues down its dark path but i i liked it i really did like this movie i i thought it was i thought it was actually a little better than who I, I don't know what i was expecting but i didn't really know what i was expecting yeah well i i expected something fairly decent just because of the cast and netflix has been cranking out some pretty decent stuff lately uh, this definitely is one of the better ones I've seen probably in the past year or so. I would say it's up there towards the top. Uh, it was interesting. I don't know. I'm having a hard time like talking about it, not spoiling it. Some of it, like, so there's two characters in the film that are clearly victims, but how they shot it and how they tell the story is that they're like the villains of the story and they're not the victims, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. And you can kind of see how it's it's messed with their life and they're uh, you know, they're trying to process everything and uh that that was definitely interesting to see them kind of portrayed as as the villains even though they're the victims from like the beginning or the onset of this and I guess it just kind of shows a ripple of how something that happens can affect so many different people in different ways. Well, Mike, I think we should do something absolutely 100% completely different. Yeah, what's that? Let's chat about a giveaway we have first and foremost. Well, not first and foremost. I mean, we've been going for a little bit, but we're not going to put it at the end this week. We're going to put it up here towards the front. So for those of you who are frequent listeners of our podcast, they should know that every now and then on the occasion, we will get a promotion from our friends over at Paramount Pictures. Well, we have another one this week. It is for a free rental on Redbox, a digital download code. If you want to be entered to win, tell us your favorite Sandra Bullock movie. How's that? Perfect, Matt. Perfect. You know, I'm I'm struggling. I, I think my favorite movie would be speed 
I think speed is probably my favorite with her. I was gonna say speed is definitely up there towards the top. That was a that was a really good fun movie, and you know she was a wildcat. She went to U of A. <laughs> oh yes, of course. That is exactly why I chose her. I knew it. I knew it. So, anyways, this week we are giving away uh, free rental digital download codes for the brand new movie, The Commando. It came out on January seventh. So go ahead, submit your favorite Sandra Bullock movie to be entered in our drawing. Here is our business on what Commando is all about. The Commando is now available on digital and on demand. In this edge-of-your-seat thriller starring Michael Jai White and Mickey Rourke, an elite DEA agent must protect his family from money-hungry criminals after finding $3 million in their home. You can buy or rent The Commando and watch it today. It is rated R, and again, it's from our friends over at Paramount Pictures. Mike, what's your thoughts on the trailer on this? Well, thanks, Paramount Pictures, for uh, giving us this opportunity to give this away. Uh, it looks great, man. I, I watched the trailer, and I, I want to watch it. It looks, you know, uh, fun. Michael J. White, I haven't seen him in a while, and man, he's jacked. Looks like a. This looks like it's going to be a fun action movie. He's one of your favorites, right? Because, you know, you love the Spawn movie. You loved Spawn in general. And he played Spawn in the original 97 film? Yeah, I think 97's right, man. And then Mickey Rourke. I mean, dude, everybody loves Mickey Rourke. I, I think he's a fantastic actor. He's done all kinds of wonderful things. I love Mickey Rourke. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see that. So uh, I look forward to watching this movie uh, when we get a chance. Yeah, so go ahead. Shoot us an email. Over to uh, Mike at RealFilmNerds.com or Matt at RealFilmNerds.com or Nerds at RealFilmNerds.com to be entered into the drawing to get one of these free digital codes. All right, Mike, let's continue on. I think it's time for you to ask a question, isn't it, Mike? Yes. Yes, it is, Matt. Um, What are you drinking this fine morning, evening, afternoon? Mike, I'm not drinking anything fancy. I just had one sitting around in the fridge. I'm drinking a Four Peaks, uh, what is it, the uh, Daytime Day Drinker? Oh, crap, I'm forgetting the name. Uh, Desert Day Drinker beer that was sitting in the back of my fridge. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I am drinking another IPA, as usual, the IPA. Actually, it's been a while since you've had one. Yeah, uh, this this one is, it's called, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, Merchant's Keep IPA, and uh, it's from my friendly grocery store, Aldi, uh, and uh, it's it's pretty tasty. It's a good IPA. Now, you get all these things from Aldi. Is Aldi, like, the only grocery store that delivers to your house? Is that why you keep drinking their beer? Uh, no, but they do have some of the cheapest beer in town. So uh, this six pack for the IPA is like seven bucks, where IPAs now are like eleven, twelve bucks a six pack. All right. So the topic we have discussed before is truly coming into fruition about you and our next segment being a papa. It is affecting your choice of beers that you can drink. I'm telling you, it's a matter of time until you're drinking Bush Bush Light. Oh, I I don't think so, man. But um yeah, so so Matt, yeah, it is time for our new segment. 
And I started this one with the new year because I figured this would be fun. But I have all these terrible dad jokes that I, I just need to get off my chest. Are you ready for the next joke this week, Matt? Do I have to be? You might. You you might. I, I have to be. Okay. All right, Mike. So then here, should I make it formal since I did intro music for your nice dad jokes now? And I think it's pretty funny. But uh, uh, Mike, go ahead. What is this week's amazing new dad joke from your book of jokes? I got dad jokes. I don't think they understand, though. Gotta think I'm funny. Other people never laugh, though. Dad jokes. What award did the knock-knock joke writer win? I don't know, Mike. What award did the knock-knock joke writer win? The Nobel Prize. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. <laughs> Get it? Nobel? Like N-O-B-E-L-L? You know, it's not a good joke when you have to explain it. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, that's part of dad jokes. Sometimes they need to be explained. That's true. That is true. Okay, Mike, so it's time for the most important question of the Real Filmers podcast that is continuing on. It's a pretty easy one. Mike, how does the unforgivable relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, yeah, man, I think this one is fairly easy, uh, especially since I just watched Hawkeye. Oh, finally. Oh, finally. God. Uh, finished it. Finished it, Matt. Um, so uh, for this one, it's uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, who plays the character John Ingram in this. He also plays um, Kingpin in Hawkeye and in... Um, uh, the Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, yeah, Daredevil Netflix uh, series, which now is part of the MCU canon. Yeah, I guess it is. I, I don't know. They haven't really said if it is part of canon, but Vincent D'Onofrio definitely is, and Hawkeye definitely is. So, boom, there you go. In the MCU, yeah. MCU, yeah. So, uh, I like an easy one here and there because you know we we always have some tough ones, but Matt. Now, now you can start spoiling away, man. Spoil, spoil, spoil. About Do Hawkeye? It. No. <laughs> oh, about the the unforgivable. <laughs> yeah, unforgivable. No, not about Hawkeye. Come on, silly. Damn it! Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was writing down notes. Yes, I take notes during our podcast. Yeah, well, it, it's it reminds you of what school was like, right? Yeah, except for I can barely read my own writing. That's always a bad sign. Ah, uh, maybe the COVID's moving in strong. It is. I'm going to die. So, all right, Mike. The Unforgivable. Spoiler section. There's lots of uh, twists and turns in this film. Uh, the victims that we were talking about earlier are the two young boys that you don't see at the start of the film that Sandra Bullock's character uh, killed their father, and it completely upended their lives. He was the chief of police, and they went from being you know sweet, innocent kids to ruffians i guess is a nice way to put it i don't know they they weren't quite criminals but uh it definitely impacted and changed the direction of their life dramatically and so their 
clearly the victims in this tale, but they shot this film and told the story of them being like the villains. Yeah, they sure did. It was it was uh, kind of interesting. I mean, even from the music they used to the the scenery, and I mean, anytime they were on screen, it was uh, it was interesting. But you know, on the other hand, they do point out some things as you're going through and you're learning about them as adults. That's pretty, you know, wickedly dark. Like you know, the one brother's banging out the other brother's wife, and he comes home and find. I mean, yeah, it's that's jacked. Dude, that was that was pretty crazy, dude. Uh, I I did not see that coming no. at all. Nope, that was another one of those twists. That's one thing. This doesn't have a ton of twists and turns, but it has some pretty solid ones in there. And then there's one at the end that's very predictable. What you 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 saw that coming? I didn't see that coming. Really? I thought it was I thought it was gonna end just like terrible. <laughs> you thought it was just gonna end terrible. Okay, so which one are you talking about? I'm talking about the final confrontation with said villain victim oh no yeah no i'm talking about the twist that makes the whole movie kind of unravel i guess i could say it oh 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 that twist um the person that killed the sheriff right 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 that was predictable extremely predictable okay all right you don't think so uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, looking back after you see it, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really see that coming, but that made a lot more sense. Okay. All right. No, no. The, the, the rescue at the end, I thought was pretty good. Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to end terrible, but again, I didn't know. I mean, I also didn't think that, you know, Sandra Bullock rolling up to her old house and it magically being a lawyer and him actually agreeing to take her case was, that was kind of interesting. I didn't think that was going to actually happen, and it did. Well, he said he might help her. He said might. And, you know, he she had to call him like 450 times. Yeah, right, right. And then let's see, what, what else? I mean, Viola Davis, you know, she was Vincent D'Onofrio's um, wife and i mean honestly dude she was so used like sparingly in this it was kind of sad and she's a great actress although her and sandra bullock you know basically have a cry off like a screaming yelling at each other the top of each other's lungs like cry off that was one of the stronger scenes in the whole film i mean you have two you know academy award winners screaming at each other that was pretty good yeah no i i I did i did like that quite a bit man i thought that was a now she's not in the movie much, but that that was a good use of Viola Davis and and uh, Sandra Bullock, like their their uh, confrontation. Well, and clearly Sandra Bullock owns up to what actually happened, which I don't think before this point she had told anyone what actually happened. No, no, I don't think she had. And then the incident that happens, all of a sudden Viola Davis is like, "Let's go, let's roll. I got you, I got you, girl." You know. I mean, because think about it, Mike. She gave up her entire life. She really did. Yeah. But, I mean, like like she's emphasized in the movie, even though it was her sister, it was more like her daughter because she raised her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not arguing against that fact. It was just, you know, she gave up so much. And then for her sister to not even really know who she was, I mean, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, no that that was that was rough. That was rough. 
I like how she actually pursued a lawyer, though, instead of, like, trying to just go find her. Yeah. No, that was smart. I mean, she went the, the legal route, and then it kind of it kind of helped, and then it kind of really didn't help. <laughs> it made things really bad at the end. Yeah. No, it... Yeah. But, I mean, the, the whole, like, uh, let's get her back thing was kind of like, really? I, I don't know. They it seemed like they jumped too quickly to 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 that, but I, I don't know. I guess they're both of their lives are kind of I don't know, just tough, and for whatever reason, they thought this would help. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and her sister was a a, a woman by that point. I mean, she was twenty five, you know, so it was kind of her choice, anyways. The new parents were kind of guarding guarding her and protecting her. But in reality, it still was her choice. I mean, she's an adult at 25 years old. I mean, she really is. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't uh, purposely didn't give her correspondence, which I'm actually shocked that the correspondence made it to the right place. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in that as well. But I, I guess... You know, if she sent it to the probation officer or whoever she was, her contact was, they were just doing their job delivering it, you know, forwarding it on or doing whatever, you know. They wouldn't know if they were giving her the letters or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right, Mike. Well, what else would you like to talk about the unforgivable? I liked, um, uh, I, I, I like the grittiness of like how, um, the city is portrayed. It's like it's Seattle, which is like a pretty cool city. But like when you're stuck in like kind of a rough part of town and you work all night at a fish processing factory and man, I couldn't imagine trying to get that smell off of your hands all the time. Oh, dude, I was thinking the same thing when she was coming home from work. I'm like, you know, it's not just her hands. It's her whole body. Because you remember when I used to work in Mexican restaurants, I would come home smelling We'll just say, I, I'll, I'll try not to be too bad, but like Mexican food, but basically chips and salsa. Like, I always smelled like chips and salsa. I could not get it out. I, I could wash as much as I want. I smelled like a walking bowl of chips and salsa. Uh, I guess for a time in my life, I smelled like popcorn. Movie theater popcorn. A little bit, but not not like me, man. I mean, it was it was ruthless. I mean, it was like 10 years maybe that's who i attract how i attracted the ladies they're like man this guy smells great for some reason i want some tacos <laughs> well maybe maybe that was it matt maybe your uh mexican bravado uh <laughs> of of chips and salsa really really hooked him so what you're saying is i need to go back and work in a restaurant so i smell like something to attract the ladies you know what maybe i just need to make that kind of cologne That'd probably be easier. Chip, chips and salsa cologne? Yeah, that, that'd be, you know, you, you could sell it to Taco Bell. Chanel number taco. <laughs> we could do a whole line. Taco, burritos, fajitas. Oh, dude, I bet you fajitas would really get the ladies. As, <laughs> as that sizzle. Sure does. It has that sizzle. God damn it. I'm getting silly already. I need to stop this. Anyways. Uh, okay, Mike. Every right. time you spray it, it makes the sound. Oh yeah, dude. 
I love it. You know, all right, speaking of fajitas, <laughs> now, see, you did this. Well, no, I did this to myself, but it's now full circle because you brought it back with the fajitas. Um, Mike, when was the last time you got fajitas? Has it been a while, like at Chili's or like, I don't know, whatever, like Taco Pacos or whatever they have over there? Uh, we have a we have a restaurant uh, that's close by that Megs and I frequent, um, but I haven't gotten uh, fajitas in a while. Um, I tend not to get them, and this is a dumb reason, because there's there's you have to put everything together. Yeah, I and know. I'm just it, lazy. it slows you down eating, and so you yeah, don't. I'm, yeah, that's I'm, that's the opposite of how you eat, Mike. I know you shovel. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm pretty lazy. I I tend to get like a a burrito. Uh, They have these massive burritos, mucho burrito, and they're just so good. Well, you know, I like the fajitas. I'm okay with the assembly. It makes you earn it. It's not quite as bad as like crab. Like crab, you earn crab. Like you earn that shit. It's delicious, but you earn it. You do. So Unless you're in Las Vegas. So here's the new thing on the fajitas. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've gone and gotten fajitas at like Chili's and like, you know, other chains and not chains. I don't get it that often. I get it every now and then, usually when it's on the two for 20. Boom. I'm always on that fajitas on that shit because it's, it's at least 20 bucks. Anyways, so you remember they had the skillet and they put a little bit of oil and water on it. It makes it crackle and pop all over the place and the sizzle. Yeah. That was, that was like one of the worst freaking parts of my job. Like it was just terrible. When I worked in Mexican restaurants, that was the big thing. It was a big show, you know, the smoke and everything. Bring it out. We would bring all the sides, and then we'd bring out the sizzle all by itself because we just wanted to get that shit away. It always burned you. Anyways, I went to Chili's the other day, and it they just brought out a plate that had, like, everything. But it was a skillet, and it was sizzling, but nowhere near what it used to be. I mean, I was like, wow, I guess I got the boring fajitas. So I, I, I've gone to a couple different places that's totally like that. Uh, do you think it's like maybe an insurance thing? People are like, oh, man, I'm getting oil. I'm going to sue. That's what my guess is. Absolutely, I would say. We've become very litigious, our, our society. And so, yeah. I mean, when I when I worked at, at Jack in the Box, Matt, uh, the, uh, the freaking tacos that we made in the deep fryers, those things would pop all the time, dude. I got hot oil on my eyeball. Ouch. Um, and I was like, oh, no. And then uh, it, it was okay. Uh, but, like, I burn, I got burned constantly with those stupid tacos. So, like, and, man, two for 99 cents. You can imagine. We sold a couple. Oh, God, dude. It's so much worse now. You, ha- you haven't seen the ads for Jack in the Box, have you? No, no, dude. We, uh, in my neck of the woods, there are no Jack in the Box. They stop in Louisiana, I think. So, so Mike, they have a new thing at Jack in the Box. This is going to give you nightmares, but I'm going to tell you anyways. You can order a pack of 25 mini tacos for five bucks. Mini tacos? Mini tacos. And there's 25 of them for five bucks. Do they come with like uh, lettuce and yep. and, and uh, cheese and stuff in the sauce? I, I don't think I don't think they have that much toppings, but I think they have like lettuce and a couple other things, and they come in like this like box. I've never ordered them because I feel bad for the people that have to make them. That and also I I'm not real close to a jack in the box at all anymore. If if they're made like the old tacos were, 
that is a rough day because I imagine a lot of people order those little packs. Well, and they've changed a lot because of COVID and all that stuff. You know, Jack in the Boxes, they're I, I think they're close to like ten now here. But again, I live in Prescott. You know, and everything rolls up. I mean, we have places now on Monday and Tuesday that just flat out don't open. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Because yeah. it's slow days, dude. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, no, nah, we're not going to open. So I'm like walking around the square trying to get some lunch, and they're all closed, is what it is. Anyways, all right, Mike, I'll get us back on topic because that was a pretty good rant. But um, everybody loves tacos and fajitas, you know. They do. They do. Okay, Mike. So how many reels do you give uh, the unforgivable? Uh, Matt, I'm going to give this one three and a half reels. I liked it quite a bit. Damn, dude. Why is it that? Okay, well, I guess we're back to our old tricks because uh, I liked it quite a bit. I thought it was a really good movie, but uh, I didn't give it three and a half reels. I mean, that's just above average. I gave it four out of five reels because it's above average, wholeheartedly above average. I thought it was pretty decent. Oh, okay. All right. Well, hey, you know, we, d- we didn't uh, collude on our opinions. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, you know, you keep using these really big words, Mike, and it's hurting my brains. You have to cut it out. I know the simple words. I'm a simpleton. Okay. We'll keep it, we'll keep it, we'll keep it, uh, uh, dumbed down for you, buddy. Now you're calling me dumb? Uh, yep. For sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to talking about tacos then. Hater. All right, Mike. So next week we're going to be doing a movie that came out in theaters at the end of last year end ish like november i think uh yeah i think november is right i think it came out in november it didn't do super great at the box office but it got killer reviews by everyone audiences and critics they all loved it but no one went to the theaters and watched it It is a ridley scott movie i have been wanting to watch it for a little bit uh i got it on a rental and I will probably end up having to buy it now. Uh, it says the official release date was October of 2021. Uh, that might, I don't know. It, we literally got it here in Prescott for like a week and then it was gone. So I didn't even get a chance. But anyways, it is uh, Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. And it's you can't stream it anywhere unless you buy it or rent it. But uh, that's what I'm doing. So yeah, it's it's interesting. This movie bombed, and uh, Ridley Scott's uh, Gucci movie, uh, I think, was pretty successful overall. So they came out only a few weeks apart. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, the House of Gucci did was quite successful. It wasn't like a like Spider Man successful, but for a COVID movie, it was very very successful. This one, I mean, look at the cast. You know, Matt Damon, Adam Driver, uh, Ben Affleck. Uh, Jody Comer from um, Game, uh, not Game On. Um, uh, that oh shit, the movie I really Free Guy, the game movie I really like Free Guy. <laughs> oh. uh, they're all in this. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of a long film. It's two hours and thirty two minutes. Uh, it's the first screenplay that Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have written together since uh, Goodwill Hunting. So I mean, there's lots of interesting things going on with this film. I don't know why people didn't see it. So that's kind of why I wanted to review it. Yeah. Well, uh, I had heard some of those things. Uh, I didn't know about all the good reviews from the reviewers. I just knew it bombed like 
And Ridley Scott was pretty pissed. No, it has like it has like a eighty or ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes on audience and you know critics, and that's solid. I mean, eighty percent is pretty good. Oh yeah. So I don't know. We'll find out why people didn't watch it. You know, I, I'm interested, but. And then I already have our movie picked out for the week after this one. So we'll talk about that one next week. Don't forget to uh <laughs> All right. Don't forget to email us for our promo, uh get a free rental copy of um the, the commando. commando. The Commando, not Commando. See, I got screwed up. I Googled Commando and of course I got the Arnold Schwarzenegger one. It's The Commando. All right. Um well we look forward to hearing from everybody. At uh, Mike at Real Film Nerds or Matt at RealFilmNerds.com. And Matt, I guess with that, should I start wrapping it up? Yes, sir. Do your thing. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And go out there and stream a movie or watch a movie at the theater. And uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And uh, we'll catch you on the next pod. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie. Good morning, Magic 99.1. Who's this? Oh, come on. I know your color ID is working. How dare you? I know it is. I don't want everybody to know all my secrets, though. Matt Hinshaw from the Real Film Nerds podcast. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful this morning. How are you, Miss Eliza, local and live on Magic 99.1? I am fantastic as well. Excited to hear from you. What are we talking about this morning? Well, I don't even need to bring it up because you know you already watched the movie. I'm interested on your take on The Unforgivable starring Sandra Bullock. Oh, The Unforgivable. You know what? It was a little forgettable for me, if you know what I mean. Wow. Wow. I thought it was kind of... statement. Well, I just didn't think it was anything special. I fell upon it. I didn't hear anything about it. I'm like, oh, Sandra Bullock. Love her. I'll go ahead and just, you know, watch this movie. And I kind of walked away going, I really didn't need to watch that movie. Wow. What did you think, Matt Hinshaw? See, you're the professional movie critic, though. I'm just some average I'm Joe. I'm a professional. No <laughs> <laughs> way. Well, I am the average Joe. You're the professional. I pay you big bucks <laughs> to review movies you for do. me on the big show. Yes, I do. So tell me, what do you, you think? You do. And those carnitas were very good. There you go. I pay you in food every once in a while. In food. What did you think of um, uh, of Unforgettable? Is that what it is? Forgettable? What? I actually, un, un, not, un, not, <laughs> see, now you got me saying it because I've been actually typing in Unforgettable into the search engine when I was looking for it. No, it's Unforgivable. Forgivable. <sighs> yeah, sorry. I know, but don't get me wrong. I've been saying Unforgettable the whole time on my internet searches. Right. Um, I... Unlike you, I actually thought it was pretty decent. Really? I, I thought it was interesting, yeah. The, there was a lot of things that were predictable. Yeah. Uh, the things I found interesting was how some, uh, specifically a a pair of brothers, were portrayed like they were the villains, when in reality they were the victims. Yeah. And I, I thought that was a different take on the script and the screenwriting. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Bullock did a good job. It wasn't anything special. She was more of a downtrodden uh, character, just kind of going through the motions, and you can tell that. Um, 
I wish they would have used Vincent D'Onofrio a little bit more. And, uh, oh, gosh, Viola Davis. I wish they would have been yeah. in the film a little bit more because they are both stellar, stellar actors. Right. Uh, I'm glad they're in it, but there's just not much of them in there. I wish there was more. But, uh, you know, I, I liked it. I thought it was decent. I think it's well worth a watch on a Netflix or, you know, HBO Max or one of those. It's on Netflix, by the way, those that are wondering. Right. So I say, yeah, check it out. Watch it. You might like it. Yeah, okay. Well, um Run Tomatoes, uh, Tomato Meter gave it thirty-seven percent. Yeah. So they uh, agree yes. with me, but ninety-one percent of Google users like the movie, so they agree with you. So yeah, I mean, if you got nothing better to do, I mean, it's not really entertaining. It's not like a feel-good movie. Um, no, oh gosh, no. but it does have some twists and turns. I will agree with you on that. How many mm-hmm. reels are you going to give it? You're going to hate me, but I thought it was a pretty decent drama. I mean, I give it four out of five reels. I, I thought it was okay. I thought it wasn't okay. bad. I mean, it could have been a heck of a lot better. Yeah. But I, 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 I was enthralled through the entire time I watched it. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, you're the pro. Tell me, did you watch Being <laughs> Ricardo? No, I have not watched it yet because oh. I know you want me to watch and review it. Um I, I wanted to do it for this week, but it's not my pick. It's uh, uh, my co-host's pick. So right. uh, next week, so two weeks from now, I will probably be requesting that because, uh, you know, I don't know if you saw the Golden Globes already, but it's won some stuff. Yeah, it's good. You're going to like it, Matt. I guarantee it. You're going to like it. You're going to think that uh, Nicole Kidman as Lucy is pretty darn awesome. I was skeptical going in, but at times I thought I was actually watching Lucy. So, okay, mm. well, I'll be anxious to hear what you think about that movie. We oh. want to do it right. I want to make sure to do it for you and have it on a pod. So. All right. Okay, everything's got to be on a pod these days. Yes, but- ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Check out his podcast. It's called The Real Film Nerds. Maddie, we'll chat with you again next week on what station? Yes, ma'am. The magical, magnificent Magic 99.1. Oh, nice.